Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Happy Friday, Freckled Foodie family. I am so excited for today's episode that I'm singing my way through the introduction. Um, No, really, this is probably one of my favorite episodes I've recorded in a while. I just feel it's really fucking relatable, and I love the guest. I'm just really pumped about it all. And I know it's a guess that you guys are pumped about as well. I got so many messages when I said that I was interviewing her being like, you go girl. Wow. Holy shit. I know. I'm really actually shocked we got her on the show as well, but I am so happy. So today's episode is with none other than Whitney Port. She is the designer of Love Wit, which is aligned with Rent the Runway. She is the host of the With Wit podcast. She is an Instagrammer, a YouTube YouTuber. She's everything. And of course, if you are a millennial, female like me you know her from the hills and the city and her time on reality tv and i we dive into that obviously i just really enjoy this episode we talk a lot about motherhood we talk a ton about her time in reality tv how that kind of shaped or like her I guess, adulthood at that time. Um, And we also talk about mental health struggles. We cover it all. So it's an amazing episode. I love it so much. And I have been requested to reference when it was recorded. So just everyone knows this was recorded the end of October, just for a time reference. And I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I do. Also, there's a part of the show where you're probably wondering, like, Cameron, did you mean to cut this out and you were just lazy and you didn't or you forgot when Timmy's in the background? No, I acknowledge that we are interrupted, but I really like keeping it in because I want you guys to be along for like the full ride. And... I don't know, be a part of the whole thing. And honestly, like Timmy's a part of her platform. I think he's fucking hilarious. So why not keep him included? As always, please rate and or review. Share a screenshot on your Instagram stories. Tag at Freckled Foodie, at FF and Friends Pod and at Whitney Eve Port so that we can reshare them and know your guys' thoughts on the episode. And without further ado, here is Whitney. Welcome, Whitney. I am so excited to have you. This has been one of my like most looked forward to interviews. So I am really pumped to have the opportunity to sit down and chat with you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you too. Of course. It's nice as a podcast host yourself. It is nice every once in a while to be on the other side of things and just oh like, sit back, relax, answer the questions. <laughs> 
I actually really prefer this. I'm like, maybe I should start with wit, like refresh it a little bit and just have pe- different people interviewing me. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's so much better sometimes. Like I get very caught up in, I want to be present in the conversation, but then you also have to think about the next question you're going to ask. How to weave it together. It's, it's, it's an interesting trait that I never thought it was never something I thought I'd be doing. So it's a fun learning process. Yeah. I Um, like, it's the thing that I'm the most, I think, insecure about in my job. Like I do so many different things. um, And mm -hmm. I think designing is the thing I feel the most confident with and then being a podcast host is the thing I feel the least confident with like I feel like I'm good at conversation when it's not being recorded or if someone else is in charge of the conversation but whenever I get in charge of the conversation I feel like sometimes I'm like like you were just saying you're thinking about the next question or is this conversation going in the right direction and you're not really even able to like listen to what they're saying in order to have a cohesive conversation. So, um, yeah, I'm like trying to not be a pessimist about it, um, and just Mm. continue to work on it and know that like, you don't have to be a pro at everything, you know, it just takes, yes hard work. Um, but it's worth it. It's like, it's been so much fun to do and I've got, I've learned so much good stuff. It's been, it's so fun. And I will say as a listener to your show, you're a great host. Um, (laughs) I think we're all just a little critical of ourselves, but it is, you know, we all have, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you wear a lot of hats and especially in so many different fields, like there's always one part of the business that feels so much more natural in a sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then another part where like, should I really have to think about this actively? And also just in general, it is hard hosting a podcast because you do want, you could have the best guests in the world, but the conversation could go a direction you weren't planning on it. And then it's kind of a dud or the guest, you know, it's like pulling teeth and you're responsible. It's a (laughs) lot of pressure that I don't think people really notice. And you never know, like, especially it's really interesting to see how people come on as guests in comparison to how they are on Instagram. Cause you could have an influencer with like tons of followers who feels really comfortable talking to their camera. And then mm-hmm. when they're on a microphone, it's like silence. Yeah. 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 I know. Like I used to think that I needed to get on the phone with every guest before just to make sure that like their personality kind of was what I thought yeah. it was. And that like they, ha- they would have, um, you know, valuable things to say, but like, yeah, it's one of those things where you're, you're definitely in control and it feels like a lot of pressure, but those things are the things I feel like sometimes that you need to focus on the most. Like it's not, you shouldn't just give up on something if you're not good at it, you know? No, I agree. Absolutely. I was going to say that, like, good for you for sticking with it and continuing it because if we all did what we were great at, I don't think we'd really be challenged at all. Exactly. Exactly. So we kind of dove into a bit beforehand, but I love to kick (laughs) the show off by asking, how would you define success? Um, I think success in general is just my family and I being happy. I think success is directly related to just being happy. Um, of course, there are things that I want in life. Like I, I wanted to be able to buy a house one day and, um, sorry, my husband just was yelling at the squirrel. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't scare them. What? Perks Don't of 2020 podcasting at home. They're digging up our scene. Uh, oh, are you doing a thing? Yeah. Oh. I'll be, I'll, I'm sorry. Sorry. That's okay. Are you recording? Yes. Are we going to Hawaii? What? <laughs> I wish. Things that you want, right? Um. So yeah, I, I, like, of course there are certain material things and then things within my career that I want to happen. But at the end of the day, I think that if the family is not happy, then none of those things matter. So success is directly related to happiness. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I obviously happiness, like so much ties into that. But if you're the most successful person by, you know, economy and other people's standards, but you're going home depressed and mm-hmm. lonely, like mm-hmm. that's not success in my opinion. I agree. I mean, I would I, want to live my life. Yeah. I think that's just a fact. I was actually just talking about this last night with a friend. There was a, um, a mutual, not really a friend, but someone that we both kind of knew of that was very wealthy and had access to anything they wanted um, and ended up committing suicide um, Mm -hmm. because obviously that stuff just wasn't enough. So success just cannot be defined by, by those things, you know, it's just definitely possible. Absolutely. And you spoke about your family and motherhood is definitely a topic of interest that I want to discuss with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, by the time this episode will release, I will have mm-hmm. announced that I'm actually pregnant right now. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> is it your first? Yes, it's my oh first. Oh my God, congrats. Thank you. So mm-hmm. I'm like about 10 weeks right now okay. and it has been a fucking shit show of a first trimester for me. Like I never in a million years expected to feel this way. What do you and feel? I'm just nauseous 24 oh seven. I'm so tired. I, I really can't get off the couch. And yeah. I'm someone who very openly struggles with anxiety. And I had gone off my anxiety medication right before mm-hmm. we were trying to get pregnant because I was on one that my doctor didn't want me on. Mm-hmm. And when I found out I was pregnant, my anxiety just skyrocketed to new levels. And so I went on an SSRI and my anxiety feels better now, but it's a very, like the first trimester in general, but I'm starting to think all of pregnancy, there's just so many emotions Uh and it really plays with your mental health. And that's something that I so respect that you were open about. And Uh I would love to kind of unpack that and hear more about your journey with it. Yeah. So, um, so interesting that you just said this because I literally just got off the phone with my psychiatrist, (laughs) um, talking all about pregnancy and medication. Um, Mm -hmm. so, okay. So when I got pregnant for my first time with Sunny, I probably felt the same as you. I mean, I was my first trimester. I was so nauseous. I was so exhausted. It just felt like I was hungover for four months. Yes. Um, yes. And I had no interest in work. Like nothing. it's really difficult. I it was know. horrible. Also because I launched in December. So I got pregnant in November. And then in December, I was launching a, um, a, a, collection, a fitness collection with Target. 
It was called Sweat by Whitney Eve and, or Sweat by Whitney Port, sorry. And um, I was not able to do anything that I had planned on doing in order to launch the collection. And it was so disappointing. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like, you just have to honor your body and not force yourself. But I to keep reminding myself. Yeah. It's just hard when you're in the moment. It's hard mm-hmm. because I think all of us are, are like we were saying before, are, are, worst critics and totally are like, no, you can't, you know, this is there. I'm never going to be this young again. I'm never going to have this opportunity again. And like, I need to be fully functioning and there for Mm -hmm. everyone and everything. And Doing especially when you're your own boss, exactly. Yeah, and you're an entrepreneur, and like as much work as you put in, you feel like is as much as you're going to get out of it. So when you feel Mm -hmm. like shit laying on the couch all day and you're not able to be productive, it adds more anxiety and depression onto what is already a crazy, crazy thing. So it's been a mind fuck, that is for damn sure, for sure. So I feel like my advice to to you would be to really, really, really take some pressure off yourself. Yeah, um, thank you. And I know that it's easier said than done, but I wish looking back on my first pregnancy that I had just not stressed about as much stuff because it just didn't matter. You know, That's like what I keep reminding myself. Oh of. my God. Like I gained so much weight and I was freaking out about it. Like freaking out like oh my god I'm never gonna lose the weight like I'm I'm so nauseous I can't do anything my everyone thinks I'm such a disappointment I'm so lazy and none of it it was like it was four months of my life that didn't even matter that no one is thinking about I'm not thinking about and like I wish I had just enjoyed it and sat on the couch and watched TV and not felt bad about it because like that would have been four months spent by myself relaxing, you know, enjoying that you'll never that have. Time. Yeah, that you'll never have again. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I keep telling myself as I binge Mindy Project. I'm like, this is yeah. just what I need to be doing right now. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I mean, I think in general, even if you're not pregnant, like you have to allow yourself those times to just veg and not feel guilty about it. I have a really hard time relaxing. Me um, too. But. Yeah, you know, pregnancy was really, really difficult for me, not in a health way, like everything, my Sunny was healthy, um, even though I had morning sickness, obviously, that's not rare, that's a totally normal symptom. And so but mentally, I was just not really thrilled about it. Um, I was so nervous about how my life was going to change. And then I think that I kind of manifested that anxiety like into becoming real because then Sunny was born and I couldn't breastfeed and I was freaking out and I didn't have sleep. And like I got mastitis three times and I just feel like for you, I think that you being happy and taken care of is the most important thing. And even Mm -hmm. if that means being on medication, like an SSRI, which doesn't, which, you know, the studies are so low that that there are any risks involved with pregnancy, like you need to 
I almost wish I had been on that when I was pregnant with Sunny because maybe it would have mellowed me out a little bit. But like your happiness, your mental stability is the most important thing because the risk mm-hmm. of being anxious and depressed feel higher to me. Totally um, and agree. I think in studies, then, then your risks of just taking the medication. Totally. And that's the point I hit where I was the first few weeks, and we found out very early, but the first few weeks I was just, I could not sleep. I was having panic attacks every morning. Mm-hmm. It just like, because also we, for, just for background, I yeah. guess if people are listening, they might know this, they might not, but we weren't necessarily trying. We were about uh-huh. to start trying and we uh-huh. had been told that I had really low egg count and we're going to have to do IVF. And I was like, what the hell? Like I haven't even started trying. Why would I rush into IVF? And then next thing I knew I was pregnant. So it just kind of like all happened. It was such an emotional roller coaster and swing of feelings that mm-hmm. I think the rush also played a role in the anxiety. And I called my doctor and I was like, I have never been more anxious in my life. And I know that that's more harmful to a fetus yep. living in this type of body. And, you know, everything I read is like, you don't want to be anxious as a mother. I'm like, okay, well, you took away my anxiety medication, my alcohol, my weed, and my CBD. So how the <laughs> fuck am I supposed to not be anxious? <laughs> like, I am so, I, I'm so with you. I'm so, so with you. I'm so happy. I'm so you're grateful. Me too. Um, I'm just very grateful. And, you know, I talk about it. I actually talked through this all on my platform while I was going through it because I had said that I was going off and I just for, left out the part that I was actually pregnant. The reason I was going off, I said, because we were going to start trying, but I, I mean, it, it was a game changer for me. So I'm so grateful and I'm so grateful that there are people out there speaking about these things because yeah. I think it's really important. And, you know, I'm very aware that like there's a chance I could struggle with postpartum depression and uh-huh. that might be something I have to deal with and a mm-hmm. lot of women do but I think the more that we can open that conversation mm-hmm. can help so many people who are going through it because it feels really fucking lonely. Yes, for sure. It's 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 so true. If you if you put it out there, then you're creating a space for people to give you solutions. If you're not putting mm-hmm. it out there, there's no room for anyone to help you. You know, like my mom always told me, if you don't ask, you don't get. And I know that that's like right. a little bit different, but it's kind of the same notion where it's like you have to, in order to really get the help you need, you have to be totally honest. And I think, especially us who have platforms, it's our responsibility to be vulnerable um, because we need to be doing something good with our platform. You know, like Mm -hmm. I, as soon as I started filming, I love my baby, but with Timmy, it was, I I was so scared to do it because I was like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm a monster, that I hate pregnancy, that I'm not excited (laughs) about this child. They're going to think I'm the worst person ever. And then when I put it out there and so many people were like, oh my God, thank God, you're talking about this. It was like my proudest moment ever. And me having these kinds of conversations have are now the thing that make me the proudest about what I do. So I, I think it's so important. And I think it's, it's really also important to talk about it in a, in a real way. Like I, 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 absolutely. Sometimes I look at some people and I can tell that they're just like putting on this just like so negative and complaining and they feel like that's what their followers want to hear. And it feels like they're just doing it because it feels like that's what an influencer is supposed to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's, 
it's really about being genuine and being you and telling your true story and like trying your hardest not to leave anything out because like the stuff that you leave out may be the little nuggets that are going to help somebody else. And absolutely, I think it's just important to tell the whole story. And that's honestly been something I'm struggling with right now because mm-hmm. I share, I'm very, very open on my mm-hmm. platform share everything that's happening in my life as long as it's my story to tell. And it's been really hard the past three months going on my Instagram stories and acting like everything's normal when I'm like laying on the couch, crying a lot of the day in so much pain. Like It's just so weird to me because I've never ever in my life put on a front. I'm very like, this is how I am and this is what you're getting. So I have been recording in real time what's going on for a vlog that I will release when I announce it just to be like, this is what was actually happening because I don't want to forget about how hard this was. Yeah. So that if someone's going through it, you know, I watch some people and they're like, yeah, you know, I just finished my first trimester and I did Tracy Anderson every day. I'm like, I haven't worked out in six weeks and I'm someone who needs to exercise five times a day, five times a week. Like <laughs> that's just not my reality. And I don't yeah. think it's a lot of people's. And it's so I not. want yeah, I, I want to like you. I'm sharing that. And yeah. I think most people are experiencing a first trimester like we're discussing. Yeah. Obviously, there are rare occurrences and those people are very blessed. Yeah. Um, but I think it's been really hard for me and my mom will call me and she's like, you look like you're trying so hard on your Instagram and I feel so badly for you. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, And she's like, it's so obvious you're pregnant. Like, Everyone's going to be like, no shit. You barely post. You're like only eating carbs. So oh my God. It's just when, so interesting to go through. Yeah. When did you start feeling sick? Like what week or was it sick right away? Um, I had awful implantation cramps. And that's how I actually thought that I was, that's why I ended up taking a pregnancy test because it was before a few, like a week before my period was supposed to come. And I was Uh like, that's weird. Why would it come so early? And, but it, it mimicked period cramps. And I was talking about it on my Instagram stories. I'm like, guys, I'm having the worst cramps of my life, blah, blah, Uh blah. Of course, then it was because I was pregnant, not that I was getting my period. Um, and then I thought I felt a little weird, like that first, I guess it was like week five and six, yeah. but I didn't know what was coming. And so through like six to 10, and we had planned this whole trip, my husband and I, because all of our vacations were obviously canceled this year. So we went and rented a house up on a lake in New Hampshire. And like we had planned all these hikes and day trips to different like areas. And we got there. Obviously, we planned it before we knew I was pregnant. And when we got there, that was like my peak sickness. So I really like oh. did not leave the house. Oh my um, God. And so it was just a lot. We ended up coming home early because I just needed the comfort of my home. But yeah. week six through like where I am 10 have definitely been a lot to handle. And really I'm just bad. like yeah. crossing my fingers that we're almost at the finish line of the first oh. trimester. Yeah. Do you, um, did your doctor ever talk to you about diclegis? She talked to me about one medication, but my insurance doesn't cover it. And it was like $700. I don't know if it was that one. Uh-huh. And it was like, it'll make you even more fatigued. And it's weird because I'm not a, um, like I'm not someone that throws up in general. Like if I'm hungover, I would never like vomit. Yeah. And so I haven't actually been throwing up. It just, it's just this like very unsettled, nauseous feeling. I yeah. threw up once. Um, 
and I'm just kind of like, I'd ra- I can lay on the couch and I'll deal with it. I don't feel like spending a nickel and an arm for medication. Right, um, right, right. So I, um, I ended up taking diclegis, but I feel like I got samples from the doctor and they never oh, charged me. Okay, well, um, I'm going to look into that. <laughs> look into it because diclegis is basically, yeah, it's, it's a mix of unisom and like vitamin... I want to say. Yeah, that's what people have been saying. Um, And uh, it definitely, because it has unisom and it makes you more sleepy, but at least you're kind of like resting and nauseous as opposed to just like Mm -hmm. awake, alert and nauseous, you know, and feeling guilty about it. Um, Also like the whole quote unquote morning aspect of morning sickness is such a lie. Oh my God. I wish it was morning morning sickness. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I didn't, I never threw up either. I wish that I could throw up. I was like, I'm like, I just want the relief. Yes. Like if I can just throw up, I'll feel so much better, but I didn't throw up either. I was, I have, sounds like I had the same symptoms as you. Yeah. And I just keep reminding myself. I was, I've I've been so scared to get pregnant again. (laughs) I said to Joe, I was like, how, my husband, how the hell am I supposed to do this with a kid? Like, what would I do? But that's where they have to come in. That's where they have to step up and really help, you know? Totally. Um, And you're on the other side. So I think you'll confirm this, but I keep just reminding myself like this will all be worth it when we have this child. Like I will look back and it'll be like, it was what it was. It was a blimp of time in comparison yes. to everything. True. For sure. For sure. Like for me, it didn't really feel worth it until he was like two because I, <laughs> I was just, I was just not like into the baby phase. I, yeah. I just kind of, I got the baby out and I don't know whether it was postpartum depression or what it was, but I just really didn't feel connected to Sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, and breastfeeding was so hard for me that I kind of like resented it. And it took, yep. it, it took me a while to feel okay with being, with being a mom and everything else that I was before. Um, so, you know, it's different for everybody. Some people, as soon as the baby's born, they're like, Oh, this is heaven. Mm-hmm. And every second of, of shit was worth it. And then some people take some time, but the key is, you know, if I learn anything, it's just t- taking the pressure off. And like, if I do get pregnant again, I have, t- I've already have, like mantras to tell myself, like, if you don't, if breastfeeding is difficult, like you don't have to do it. If, if Mm -hmm. you are really nauseous in your first trimester, like just lay on the couch, take things off your plate. Like it is only a short period of time. Yeah. And I think your honesty, even with those comments of like, it took you a while to feel those things. I think yeah. that that's so refreshing because I also think that a lot of women feel that way. But again, if people aren't talking about it and all they're seeing are these moms that are like, and no shame to the moms who, you know, are announcing that they love their child with every second of, you know, life, the second it's born and, mm-hmm, and they feel mm-hmm. such a deep connection. That's their story. But I think right. for moms who may not feel that way, all they're seeing are those positive journeys. And again, it's lonely. And then you're like, mm-hmm. what's and wrong with I me? Have, yeah. I have yeah. a lot of like anxiety and I go down the path immediately of like, what's wrong with me? I'm broken. And I okay. think that so many women probably feel that way because people aren't talking about the other side of things yeah. and that they might not be feeling all sorts of sunshine and daisies about motherhood. 
Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, you will be a breath of fresh air and the world of motherhood needs more voices like you out there. So I'm excited for you that you're pregnant. (laughs) And I'm also excited for mothers out there to have a voice like you to speak for them and help them. Wow. Thank you. That does mean a lot. And I know motherhood was definitely a bucket conversation I wanted to talk about, but the other one for any millennial person who's listening out there, you probably know Whitney originally from our time watching The Hills and the City. When it was when I was, I think, in college it came out. How old I was are you? A huge So I'm twenty nine. You're so young. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm actually a baby having a baby. That's another thing that I have to wrap my mind around. I was like, I'm a kid. How How is this happening? You um, sound mature. <laughs> oh, thank you. But I remember I was a huge first like Laguna Beach fan. And I actually had my first kiss with my husband in high school to Newport Harbor. And Stop then, it. yeah. He like was an addict. He used to watch every week. We were in his basement. It was like his choosing of TV. That was the funny part. I love um, but that. But then obviously I watched The Hills and then The City. And so all of my friends are freaking out that we're even having this conversation. Oh my but God. I just like, I, I interviewed Lo Bosworth as well. And we talked a little bit about it. But I'm just so like mesmerized by the fact that so much. Like your formative years were filmed in such a public way. And if I think about that stage of my life being so publicized and I would, I would really have a hard time. Um, And I'm just curious, like how you navigated that. Yeah. So I I think for me, because I was like such a solid kid with like confidence and morals and didn't really care about being famous or the drama that like it wasn't super hard for me to navigate. I was just like, I'm just going to be myself. Um, and there wasn't really that much controversy controversy surrounding me because I just don't really get involved in controversial things, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's just never been my style of being a human. Um, however, I will say the hardest thing for me to navigate during that time, I think, were just the trust issues with, like, producers and then how that affected my trust issues in, in like, life and how that affected yeah. long-term, you know? Because it's like there's this team of producers that are there to, you know, create drama around. And so you don't really know what's real or who you can trust. And these producers also like they become your best friends. And then all of a sudden they're like trying to manipulate into manipulate you into saying or doing something. And you are so confused and angry. Um, And so that, that was, I think the hardest part for me was like the battles of like Mm -hmm. wanting to make a good TV show and knowing that there needed to be some sort of conflict and some sort of drama, but also trying to stay true to myself and being like, but in real, I remember always saying to them, like in real life, I wouldn't care about this, you know, or like in real life, I wouldn't confront this person or in real life, I wouldn't go on a date with this person. You know, like I I would always say that to them. They'd be like, well, it's not, this isn't exactly real life. life. You know, like you did sign on to do a TV show, you know, that basically we're not filming you 24 seven. So we have to create something, you know, some sort of story, some sort of framework. And so that was, that was the hardest part for me. But other than that, like, I don't know the dealing with the, 
the fame part. Like, I don't know. I think my parents always kept me in check. I was one of five mm-hmm. kids. I never thought I was more special than the next. Like, I, I just think I had a, a healthy relationship with it uh, for the most part. And someone asked, and I, I didn't think about this, but one of the listener questions was, do you think it would have been different if Instagram was around at that time? Um, <sighs> have you ever thought about that? Cause I, I never would have thought, I forget that Instagram didn't exist for a large portion of my life, let alone like reality TV back then. Uh-huh. And I think, I think that like, yeah, you look ahead, at shows like summer house or mm-hmm. like, you know, Kardashians obviously, but you know, now they have these huge platforms alongside mm-hmm. the show. And mm-hmm. I wonder how that has, I mean, obviously it, it helps them financially from a business perspective, yeah. but I also wonder like how that impacts them because then they're getting, you know, you get love, but you also get criticism when you have a yeah. platform and you yeah. get it real time. I'm sure as like an episode's airing, people might be, you know, people are crazy over DM. Yeah. So basically, yeah. I mean, I think that I, uh, on one hand, it would have been bigger for me because social media right. does maximize things and create more opportunities. Um, but on the other hand, I think being like a 25 year old impressionable, maybe a little bit insecure girl, like reading, being on social media probably would have affected me personally more. I think the fact that I mm-hmm. didn't really know what everybody thought was helpful. Um, right. And now that's what I think scares me the most about when I was like thinking about signing on for the Hills New Beginnings before the first season, I was like, do I really want to open myself up to all of this criticism? Um, and because you're, it, it's different. Like someone else is in control of your editing, you know, like for my YouTube and my podcast and my Instagram, like I'm, I'm in control of the narrative. And that's not to say that I'm hiding anything or I'm lying about things or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. it's hard when you put yourself out there and there's an editor that's in control of your story and can make it completely different than what the reality is. Um, Definitely. and also, yeah, being on social media, I, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. I was more scared for what the other cast members were going to start with me than what people were going to say about me because I've always had a healthy relationship with what my, my followers say about me. My husband takes it more personally than I do. Mm. I'm very much just like, I really, I, I don't know whether I've done this consciously or subconsciously, but I like kind of have this wall up where I'm like anything that a stranger says to me is like, is not, I, I don't allow it to affect me that much. I need However, more I don't know, I'm 35 now. So maybe I think if I were 25, I wouldn't be as mature yeah. about it and it would probably be more harmful. Well, even I think back, if I had had this platform when I was in my early 20s, like I was a very combative person. Like Mm -hmm. if you attacked me, I will make sure I attack harder. Uh And some of the DMs I get now, and like obviously 99% of them are positive and supportive, but those there are people out there that aren't happy and send some mean things. Right. And I would have just like gone at them. Uh I'd be like, oh yeah, pull up a seat. Let's go. And I think now like – as we mature, things change. I still have a hard time I with like totally disassociating myself from the messages. Like mm-hmm. I do kind of ruminate in them a little too much. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it's insane to me to think about because why should I care that this stranger is saying these wild things? But 
I do, and I can't like yeah. deny that. But I do think that with age, it helps. And so I'm sure while it may have been, you know, business maybe mm-hmm. helpful, I feel like emotionally it would have been more difficult to have a platform like you do while this was airing at that age. Yeah, I think so, for sure. I, I think so, for sure. But I think for you, like my advice would be, to pick and choose who to respond to, you know? And like, I don't know if you're already doing that, but like not every negative comment deserves something back because that's what they want. And so it's really about what is, if there's something someone's saying that you're like, wow, that's really wrong and I'm going to have to go after them, that's one thing. But if it's someone that's just like hurting your ego, you know, it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. ugh, just brush it off. They don't really know me. They don't really know what makes me me, who I am. So why should I, their, their opinion isn't based on reality, you know, like they think they really know you, but I don't know. They, uh, people with social media, it's, it's so hard. Cause like you do want to fully be yourself on social media and you want people to feel like they really know you, but it's just not. But at the end of the day, they don't. No. Yeah. And I said, I actually responded to someone like that. Like, you know, you might think that, but you don't actually know me. You don't have the power to use those words. Like, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Like no matter how connected you feel to someone through a platform, which is hopefully the goal. And like we, everyone wants you to feel connected as someone who's running a platform at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, like you don't emotionally know that person enough to attack. Exactly. And I have loved watching you and your husband, Timmy, rewatch the old episodes. Like, how did that come about? Can you walk <laughs> us through that? Because I think it is so hilarious and also so smart of you guys. <laughs> so um, it's so funny. Um, we actually started doing it to the Hills New Beginnings when when that show aired last year or the year mm-hmm. before. I can't even remember. Um, and... I, it was really fun to do and people loved it, but I got so much shit from the cast members on the show. They were so pissed at me that I was like, I can't do the Hills New Beginnings anymore. Yeah. I feel like I need, I need to, to do moving a sh- further. Yeah, I need to do further <laughs> and I need to, I, I, if I'm making fun of myself, then it will sort of be okay that I'm making fun of other people too. And it's all, it's mm-hmm. not even making fun of people. It's more just like, it's just having a good time and and saying what probably most people are thinking. Um, and like you said, it's not reality. Like yes, it's you're not. You're in a show. You're joking exactly. about a show. Exactly. You're you're for me. Like I, I'm commenting on this like other, not this fake part of my life because it's not. It wasn't fake, but it was. I had I. I had like two different lives, you know, there were like two different Whitney's um, because there was still so much going on behind the scenes where I was like running a business and doing all these things that no one really saw and had boyfriends that weren't on the show. And um, anyways, that's not even part of this question, but, um, but yeah, it was, we did this, the city reaction videos have been so much fun. And Timmy, loves it and like loves our YouTube community and is so engaged and we finished the city and we are going to do, we're going to go back and do the Hills, but hopefully because it was like 15 years ago, they're not going to get pissed at me. Um, 
but like, even if they do, I kind of just have to brush it off. I think. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it is, I watched like a few episodes of Laguna Beach from the beginning and I was just like, this is so ridiculous. Like, like so cringy, cringy, right? It's so cringy. Like the whole, it, it just blew my mind to rewatch and really any show like back then, especially reality TV. Yeah. And thinking, remembering that when I was in high school, like I thought this was so real. Like I was so invested in like the LC Kristen drama. I'm yes. Like, <laughs> it, it's just so comical. I know. Um, but so I like, love an insider in- reflecting on it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I get that because I'm like that with other shows too, you know? And right. actually I was like that with Laguna Beach. I love Laguna Beach. Um, before I even was on the Hills, I was like a fan of Laguna Beach and, um, and I'm like that with other shows. I'm like fanatical. I love housewives. I love bachelorette. I love, um, Siesta key. Like I am, I'm such a fan like that. So I get what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like for people who are massive Hills or the city fans, like this is so incredible for them to have an insider watch it. And someone did another listener question was, and I think, you know, you've expressed this a decent bit, but mm-hmm. do you reflect back on your time with a positive or negative emotions? positive, a hundred percent positive. I mean, first of all, I met Timmy while doing the city. So like, I, I can't imagine if I didn't do it. Yeah. Best gift ever. So obviously so positive. Um, and it was really an amazing experience. Like at 25 years old, the opportunities that I had, the places I was able to travel, the things I was able to see, it was just, it was really, really, really cool. And Mm -hmm. I, I never have regrets about any of it. It's amazing because I'm sure it'd be really easy to have some. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel like you've kind of rebuilt your narrative almost and personality like post-reality TV because you do so much now that yeah. you know, when you introduce, it's not like, oh, she was on the hills and now she just has an Instagram. Like you are a total entrepreneur and you run businesses. And, you know, how do you feel like you've rebuilt that narrative? Did you ever feel like you had to, I guess? That's another yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, once, once the city was canceled, I was like, oh my God, now what am I going to do? do with my life. Like I don't have this group of producers that's like creating this life for me, you know, finding me an apartment to shoot in and like mm-hmm. get hooking me up with this job at Diane von Furstenberg. I was like, what am I going to do? And so I started my clothing line and I think that that really like bred my entrepreneurial spirit. And unfortunately the clothing line, it just didn't really hit the way that it should have. And I think if there were social media, it may have been different. Mm -hmm. Um, But after I stopped my clothing line, I was just like, I, I need to take some time to figure out what it is I actually want to do and what makes me happy um, and how I'm going to get it done on my own without any help. And that was really, really, really hard. It was like all of a sudden I was, it felt like I was moving backwards in life, you know? Um, But I, I knew that creating and designing was what really like filled up my soul. And so I always want to make sure that there's some level of me doing that in everything that I do. Um, but from a little girl, I always wanted to like, 
I was an entrepreneur, you know, like we always had little businesses. We were like, whether it was selling lemons on the corner or making necklaces or rhinestoning socks or helping my mom at like trade uh, gift shows um, where she was selling American girl doll clothes. Like I always just kind of had that spirit in me. And so mm-hmm. it just came after the show, I was like, okay, how am I going to parlay this? And luckily for social media, it helped me keep, like my relationship with my, with the viewers alive. Right. You know, it was a, and so I think really what helped me launch, like kind of relaunch who I was, was the series. I love my baby, Butt on YouTube, cause that was like the first time since the show that people were really getting a feel for who I was, what I was up to and me being vulnerable. And I think that I've just used that as the foundation to grow other companies and ideas. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And it's always something so funny. Like it's never something you would have planned, right? you know, like that just came about and you were vulnerable and you just said, Oh, like, I like this. Let me follow what I'm having fun with. And that's exactly. what helps reinvent people and, you know, totally take off. Yeah. So, as long as you're true to yourself, you know, you have right. to, like, it's just all about following your own path and not comparing yourself to what everybody else is doing. Like sometimes I fall into that pit where Me I look at all these other influencers and I'm like, Oh my God, they're producing so much content. So much content. They like, always have hair and makeup. Oh my God. Always, always <laughs> put together looks to drive their kids to school every single day. Like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then I'm like, but that is not who I, I am. That's obviously who they are. They care about what they wear every day. They care about, you know, filming all this random shit. Not that it's random, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just have to stick to what what is me. And, and it is more unfiltered. And it doesn't look as pretty as like the, you know, the baseline influencer. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that just being you is what will gain the most traction for yourself and will attract the most opportunity and people to you. Absolutely. And I really relate to that. I honestly have this conversation with my therapist all the time. I'm like, I wish I was this person that had these put together outfits and always Mm -hmm. looked amazing and was like camera ready. She's like, but why? You don't care about those things. Like I asked you, her follow-up is like, well, do you care about fashion? I'm like, no. She's like, do you care about hair and makeup and looking like that? I'm like, no, it's media telling me that I feel like I should, but it's so easy to fall into that comparison trap. And I've really tried my hardest to just continue to do what I'm doing. And, you know, I, I don't use filters on any of my story. Like I really try to provide just who I am and show up in that way. And Mm -hmm. I've created an incredible community by doing that, but it is hard to continuously remind yourself. Like, you know, we all fall into the comparison trap, no matter the industry you're in every once in a while. It's just how quickly you can pull yourself out. Yeah, for sure. And it's also good to remember that you can be a lot of different things, you know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes you can feel like getting dressed up and care about fashion and putting on hair and makeup, you know, like a lot of the times I do care about that. And before COVID, like I was getting dressed all the time and and getting hair and makeup and going to events and doing a lot of stuff just to do it. Um, And I liked it, but sometimes I don't want to do that. And that's okay too. It's just like, you don't have to be all one thing or another, you know? Definitely. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself. Exactly. So to totally 
change conversation, but to end the show, I do bring it back to food. Yes. And I ask, what would be the three ways to your heart through food? <laughs> so what's funny is that I didn't really care about food that much. Um, I saw you, your husband's teaching you how to cook a steak and you're like, I don't really love food, but I love <laughs> steak. I'm like, what do you mean? I know. It's very weird for people when I say that because I think the first thing they think is like, oh my God, what kind of eating disorder does this girl have? But like... I just, I just feed myself just to like not be hungry, but I am so lazy about it. Like if my, if Timmy didn't cook for me or like ask me what I wanted for dinner or tell me that it was time for lunch, like I would just snack all day and not really so care like, much what I put in my body. If I could say to you that you could take a pill for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and you would be full and you would get all the nutrients you need, would you do that? Yeah, I would. That I like that's my question to some people because I just can't like I get it. It's the same thing that we were just talking about. Like I'm really interested in food, but I'm not interested in fashion. And some people are yep. really interested in, like yeah. you know, we all have our different interests, but it just blows my mind when I find people that say yes to that question. So I'm like, I just want to know what that would feel like. <laughs> there are like there are little things that I really enjoy. Like my coffee in the morning, I love. Um mm. I wouldn't want to take a pill for coffee. That's for sure. I, I don't drink a lot of it. I just drink one in the morning. I, um, I'm trying to think what else I really love. Steak. I do love, I really do love steak, but I'm not like obsessed. Okay. Um, I love pizza. I really do yes. love pizza. Um, and I really do love hamburgers and French fries. It's funny. So, those are two of mine and those are two of a lot of people's on the show. Like yeah. people just love a good cheeseburger and they love a good pizza. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? It's like, you're right. If you don't, but, it's um, the best thing in the world. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's the best, but <laughs> maybe for you. <laughs> for me, um, it is very high up there. Yeah. But like, I think there, the way to my heart through food is probably just making things that are like, that are comfort foods that remind me of growing up. Like Timmy last night made brisket that is kind of in the same line as my mom's brisket. And that makes me really happy. Like that's one way to my heart or mm -hmm. a chocolate box cake with white frosting for my birthday every year. Cause like, that's what I grew up having, you know, there's like right. things like that that have memories attached to it. But other than that, like, yeah, I'm just not that into it. <laughs> it's fair. It's I think what someone on the show once described it as like what hits you in your kid spot. And yeah. for me, I've been living in my childhood home in Jersey for like a few months of the quarantine. Mm -hmm. And it's I'm like revisiting all of these foods that I grew up on. Mm -hmm. And it's some like the randomest things. Like for instance, there's this Armenian cheese and I'm not Armenian, but we just grew up eating it. And it's kind of like a stringy mozzarella wrapped and I, I used to just devour it with wheat thins and one of my pregnancy cravings has been that combination <laughs> and I like polished off I just sat with a box of wheat thins and a stack of this cheese and I was like this is all I want right now and it reminds me so much of my childhood that it's making me so happy yeah <laughs> and that's that thing. I get that I get and I think when I was pregnant I I loved food a lot more than than normal. Um, like the food was kind of the thing that made me feel happy when I was pregnant. So yeah. I get that. It's a weird thing for me right now. Cause the first trimester I'm so, because I'm so sick, I'm like, 
I'm hungry at all times, but I'm disgusted by the idea of food and I've never felt that way. So for me, I'm experiencing what it's like to not care, but to have to fuel yourself. And I'm like, I ate this. What that's giving you, like, what can you stomach right now? Carbs. All I eat is carbs. Um, Like cereal for breakfast, avocado toast for lunch, or bagel and cream cheese, Uh and then pasta and pizza for dinner. Yeah. And it's honestly been, yeah, it's been really interesting for me. And I'm going to talk about this more in a solo episode, but just like, you know, I thought I was so distanced from diet culture and I thought I had removed it. And I I would say I have a great relationship with food, Mm -hmm. but the second, that I'm totally disinterested in vegetables and I'm not eating any vegetables. And all of a sudden, all I'm doing is eating carbs three days, three meals a day. Mm -hmm. There are those thoughts that creep back. Like, what is happening? What are you doing? And you have an exercise? Like, obviously, I'm ignoring them, but Mm -hmm. it's so deeply ingrained. It's a wild ride. It is. It is. But yeah, you have to, when those thoughts come in, you just have to have some sort of mantra that you tell yourself that's like, it doesn't matter right now. Like, right. I'm just like, this is what I need to be doing. Yes. You just need to feed your body what it is naturally telling you it wants and needs, you know? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on here. This was so much fun. For everyone listening, where is the best place for them to follow you? Um, they can follow me at Whitney Eve Port on Instagram. Um, my podcast is called With Wit. My website is just WhitneyPort.com. And check out I when will this air actually? It will be it's planned right now to release on November 27th. Okay, amazing. So by that point, my Rent the Runway collection should be launched. So yeah, you can check out my Love Wit collection on Rent the Runway. I love it. I'm a fan of it. Oh my God, have, thank you. I do Rent the Runway Unlimited. So I've had a few pieces and I'm a big oh fan. Oh my God, good. You have the, new, the fall collection. The new there's, one. Some, there's some pieces on site already actually, um, but That's it's going to launch – uh, unless the world falls apart after the election, it's supposed to launch on right. November 10th. Um, okay. And it's really well, cute crossed. sweaters and like oversized things. So I feel like it will be cute stuff for your little pregnant body. Perfect for pregnancy. So yeah. everything will be in the show notes. And thank you guys for listening. And thank you again, Whitney, for joining us. Oh my God, of course. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Honestly, it was one of my favorite to or favorites to record and listen back on. And that says a lot considering I was not in a great place while we recorded that. That was like peak pregnancy first trimester symptoms of just feeling like absolute shit. And I had quite honestly canceled every podcast interview I had basically during like that period of my first trimester. But this one we had scheduled so far in advance. And I was like, I'm not fucking rescheduling Whitney Bort. I want her on the show so badly. So I'm so, so grateful of the final result. And just for her for really opening up and being so vulnerable. And honestly, I just appreciate her her honesty and her relatability so much. And I think it's huge when I know that I was struggling a lot and feeling really lonely at the time of recording this episode. And I felt like I wasn't seeing enough people talk about the difficulty that you experienced during pregnancy and just having honest conversations about it. And I think there's such a stigma as we discuss around 
you know, being honest about pregnancy and motherhood because it's like, well, you should be grateful. And I've said this before, but you can be grateful and honest. You don't have to be grateful and lie. So I'm still very grateful to be pregnant, but I still had a fucking hell of a first trimester that I wouldn't wish on anyone. And I'm still struggling. Um, Right now, I'm recording this as I'm like, I guess, 13 and a half weeks. Um, I definitely feel... Char, do you really have to like freak out while I'm recording this? I definitely feel better, but I still have moments of feeling like I'm in my first trimester still. Um, Specifically, just really bad headaches. Like, And I think I was talking to my doctor and um, the woman who I see for nutrition response testing. And I think it's just something I have to kind of accept in the sense of like post-concussion, I think headaches are just now my Achilles heel. Like if something goes awry and something's off, I think it's just the symptom I feel. So it's been a lot of peppermint halo by Sage Wellness all over my fucking temples and forehead. And it's been a lot of very dark naps. Um, I honestly would not survive the nights. I'm sorry if you can hear Charlie barking. I don't know why he does this. He's so calm. And then the second I start recording, he freaks out. Um, my blue light blocking, like nighttime, the sleep plus glasses by blue blocks are the only reason I'm able to do anything at night, like with the lights on. So it's been tough. I still have like a witching hour at 5 p.m. I still feel really nauseous around 5 p.m. and just awful. A few of my friends are like, yeah, that's your body just getting you prepared that you'll never get anything done at that hour again. Which is so exciting to look forward to. Um, no, but honestly, it's starting to feel a little real because and another symptom that's weird and you can kind of hear it right now, like all I do is stand up and close a door. I get out of breath so easily. If I walk up the stairs and I try to talk, like I am so out of breath. It's really odd. Um, but I will say it's starting to feel real because I think a mix of Sharing it publicly, now being able to talk about it has been so incredible, but also like we were gifted to baby onesies um, by brand Emmys Organics. I love you so much. And also by our high school, they sent us like a future Panther onesie, which is amazing. And holding those, I'm like, holy shit, we're going to have a baby? What? I just still can't get over it. And... It's just wild to me. And I was holding it and I was like, oh my God, how is something this small? Like we're going to have to take care of something so small. And then immediately my mind flipped and I was like, wait, how is something so big going to come out of my fucking vagina? And that's just where I think. And that's how I think. Um, So one of the listener questions was, what's your favorite part been about pregnancy? And it sounds crazy. I really had to think about it because... I haven't loved pregnancy like I thought I would. And I think there's still hope and a chance. I'm praying that I love the second trimester. But I think I've always been so excited to get pregnant. And it's been a lot harder than I could have ever imagined. My favorite part, though, has probably been like observing Joe. He's just so excited and cute around the whole thing and like it just mushes my heart watching him and also just how much I mean he literally takes care of me 24 7 so I'm very appreciative of that but I think just like watching 
his excitement and our connection deepening in a way that I, you know, typically we connect on different things. And this is a whole new level of connection that we've obviously never experienced. And I love untapping things like that. I felt that way when we got engaged and when we moved first, when we moved in, then when we got engaged and then when we got married. And I keep saying, like, I didn't think I could love you more. And then even when we got Charlie, and I just feel like it continues to grow and grow as we evolve and start new chapters. And I feel that way right now. Um, And then also on the flip side, um, another listener question was, were you heartbroken when you and Joe broke up in college or did you feel okay because you knew like it would work out? I mean, the first time we broke up sophomore year was so like mutual and we talked the whole time and we, we knew we were getting back together. So no, there was no heartbreak there. The second time senior year, again, it wasn't heartbreak because I always really did think that we would end up together. But it that one was a little bit more on his terms and came as like, I guess, a surprise. So I don't think it was, I don't think heartbreak's the right term, but it was like, obviously set, difficult. I don't even know if sad's the right word. It was just difficult and kind of like tough to navigate. And I think the closest I felt to like, quote unquote, heartbreak was, I guess, post-college when we were figuring all of our stuff out and there was a moment where we weren't sure whether we were going to get back together and that was definitely hard um so that was probably the closest I felt to heartbreak of just like wait what the fuck like I I always thought I'd spend my life with you and is there a chance I won't and that kind of became real in that moment so not necessarily during the breakups, but definitely at that point when we were getting back together. Um, and also this just happened. Another thing that's been happening is like you can see it in my stories. I feel like I'm constantly like about to burp. So I'm struggling with a ton of indigestion. So in these episodes, if I'm out of breath and I'm like pausing all the time, it's because I can't breathe and I'm trying not to burp in the microphone, even though I'm sure I'll let one out soon. Um life updates, other than, you know, the whole pregnancy situation. We are back in Jersey. At my parents' house, I think we'll probably, we don't know. I'm taking it week by week because you can't plan anything in this state of the world. Um, But we will be living with my parents. And so I think for safety reasons, we'll probably just end up staying here through Christmas so that there's not back and forth. Um, We will be doing a small immediate family Thanksgiving and all getting tested beforehand. We feel comfortable with that situation. I'm very, very, very fortunate and blessed that I am such a close drive to my parents and it's not a big travel and there's none of that involved and, you know, that doesn't go unnoticed. I hope you guys all have a great Thanksgiving, no matter what you are doing. I pulled you guys and I know a lot of you are kind of doing the same thing I am where if you're driving distance from home, it's just like a small immediate family getting tested, being safe. Um, And some people are choosing to just stay in their apartment with their significant other or a friend or a small group of friends. You know, this is obviously a different year, but everything's different this year. So we will just make do and you better fucking believe I'll be eating for two. That is for damn sure. Thanksgiving is my favorite meal and I am so excited. I hope you guys have a great week. And speaking of Thanksgiving and family, I actually think Cindy is coming back on next week. So stay tuned. She might just be the guest of next week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, screenshot, share on your stories, tag at Freckled Foodie, at FF and Friends Pod. And then for this one, at Whitney Eve Port. 
I love you. Have a great weekend. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way too active channel and at ff and friends pod for more information on the podcast i hope you have a wonderful day and i can't wait to give you the next episode